Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I dropped in on Dan Sanderson and Seb White from Mundial, the quarterly football lifestyle magazine. We organised an event here in London last month dedicated to independent football magazines of all types because there are just so many of them around at the moment, all of them obsessed with exploring their own particular niche within the sports. I was really interested in the things that Dan said then, particularly about the lineage from football fanzines to the current crop of football magazines, and he elaborates on some of that in this conversation while Seb reveals his own very traditional zine roots. I'm very pleased to say that this episode is sponsored by Park Communications. They're the printers who create some of our favourite independent magazines and they were there at our event last month showing off some examples of the lovely stuff they've printed. If you're thinking of making your own magazine, you'll need to get your print sorted, so do check them out at parkcom.co.uk. That's parkcom.co.uk to see how they could help you. Okay, that's enough from me for now. I hope you enjoyed this week's conversation with Dan and Seb from Mundial. Right, so set the scene for us a little bit. We are sitting in what looks like a TV set yeah. in an office building in Clerkenwell. Uh-huh. What's going on? Where am I? We're in a Copa 90 studio. So who very, very kindly let us share an office space with them. They um, began life as a YouTube channel and now they're kind of like a multimedia platform. Um, so yeah, that's where we are and that's where we're, that's where Mundial is based at the, this moment. In time. And so you, you've got a little corner of the, yeah. the office through there. Yeah, yeah. We, we, um, I, I used to work for James, who's head of brand here at Copa 90. And he very kindly, when I returned from... Asia a couple of years ago, two years now, nearly. Um, we were looking for office space and we do a little bit of work sharing and share some space with Copa 90. So, okay, so two years ago then you came back from Hong Kong, yes. I think. Yeah. And Mundial had started two years before that because you started for the last World Cup. Yeah, yeah. so c- coming up to four years um, by the time of the next World Cup, we'll have been running um, for the first two and a half, three it was part time. It was around other jobs. Um, Seb, who's here now, was a TV producer. I was kind of an editor for a fashion website, streetwear website. Um, everyone else did various other things and kind of made it work around that. But nearly two years ago, we made the commitment to go full time just because we were getting offered kind of work off the back of the magazine, and the magazine was kind of taking over all of our time away from our full-time job and it comes a point where you're going to take that leap yeah. and say all right we're going yeah. to go in yeah exactly and i mean I, i'm fortunate enough to have a when i was a tv producer for a, a well-known sports media company and made programs about football I, you know i had what i considered a few years ago as my dream job but um obviously mundial started and it picked up speed and kept on going and it was just like well yeah i've got to take that leap and that's the thing about it you've just got to go for it and You've got to have a bit of luck, you've got to have a bit of support. We're sat here in Copy Night's office, they've helped us massively, but also you've got to believe in your own, in what you do with the magazine and that we did from the off and we had our own tone of voice, which we knew was, wasn't just us and a few mates, it, everyone, people are getting it. And here we are now, yeah, we're, we're talking about the next World Cup and you know, the last, I look back to the last World Cup and it was all about a one-off magazine that we, we were gonna do. And we did, and that sold out within two weeks. And yeah, like I said, four years on, we're, we're, we're still here. 
So tell us, and for anyone who's not seen the mag, mm-hmm. what is Mundial and how is it different from the 3,000 other football magazines that are out there? <laughs> um, so, it's to tell you what it is, it's a quarterly football, we call it a football lifestyle magazine because it's kind of both of those things. It's not. The reason we set it up was because there are there are many, many other great football magazines, um, more established titles, more mainstream titles, which all do an amazing job. I don't think there's any particularly bad ones out there um, but but they weren't having the conversations in their editorial that we were having about football we talk about football from like a cultural standpoint that sounds quite highfalutin but it basically just means that it's part of your life and it kind of it seeps into everything you do the conversations we have it's it's part of our sense of humour it's part of the fabric of you know the memories we created growing up um, so that's what we try and do with the magazine we try and keep it quite light hearted at times at other times we do kind of deep dive documentary editorial stuff um, and all of that just feeds back to how how football interacts with people and how it interacts with cities and how it interacts with subcultures rather than what actually happens on the pitch there are other magazines who do that um, magnificently but that's kind of not what we're about so you leave you leave the stats and the performances yeah. and things like that you're more interested in so we, we had an event um, at the book club here in London I think last month uh, and Dan, you came mm-hmm. and um, spoke at that, a football magazine's um, event. And I can't remember whether it was during the talk or afterwards at the bar, you said something to me about, like, sometimes the football just sort of gets in the way. Like yeah. The- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that, you'd actually rather talk about all yeah. the stuff around it. I think so, yeah. I think that's something we talked about even before Mundial. It's kind of a friendship group, you know. The trips you go on or the experiences you have, um, the friendships you form through football. Um, I've probably more important than goals scored or gr- how much ground someone's covered or how many million a midfielder costs and we still believe that now um, it obviously wouldn't exist without these all these great goals and great on the pitch memories but uh, in terms of sentimentality and, and how we interact with the game those other things are more important to us and so how did you two first come together then did you know each other before this um it was yeah, it was strange actually because probably like most people we nowadays we met on social media. Dan did a magazine called Halcyon, which um, I was I was a big fan of, uh, and I'd also done football f- a fanzine for my team, Yeovil Town, for about eight years, and that gave me the sort of bug to do something like that. A new Dan uh, it was probably about two thousand and nine, I think it was two, maybe two thousand and ten. I knew that how good how good he was at. You know, putting together a magazine and then thought well, I want to do another football magazine or football fanzine more fanzine I think it was a fanzine side of things and we set up a fanzine called Stand which was primarily looking at the shall we say the the negative elements of, of the modern game and how it changed so much from what we as kids had, had known and we did that for um, 18 months you know very much virtually you know online you know that, that that's how it was and then to be brutally honest, we realised that we actually bloody, you know, bloody love football and loved everything about it. And yes, there was some, there's some bad things about football, and we don't shy away from it. But with the World Cup was coming up, we we were so excited about the World Cup. We thought about the World Cups that made us fall in love with the game. And do you know what? Things things are different. And also, we couldn't change the world by doing a a, a fanzine. You know, it was called it was called Standing Against Modern Football. That battle was being lost long, you know. But we had a great time doing it, and we learned a lot of things. And we met a lot of people, we met a lot of uh, worked with people that we we still work with now, but 
we've obviously come to the other side of it and actually celebrating the positivity about it because again there is there may be negative elements about football there's also a lot of negativity from people in football as well you know so we were just like let's just celebrate the things that we enjoy and as you said before football sometimes does get in the, the actual football match does sometimes get in the good way of a, of a great day out with your mates and your friends and yeah so that's how we match and, and we yeah the World Cup it was a starting point. We're like, let's celebrate it. Football. Yeah, it was, it was. It was flipping that argument on its head. Rather, we were kind of saying, you know, there's all these problems um, with modern football, and we weren't really doing anything. Uh, about and them. when you say problems, you're thinking money. The... It, it's. I mean, the, the idea about stand was it stemmed from it stemmed from ticket prices. It was kind of I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Liverpool fan, and right down to other divisions and stuff. There's people who've been going for a long time who can't go anymore, and I think that's such a such a terrible thing. From Manchester United to Liverpool. Um, all these clubs who um, build their legacy on the idea of a big strong fan base who, who are loyal and local um, whilst simultaneously pricing those people out the kind of pe- the people who made the, the memories of um, you know Rome for Liverpool um, Lisbon for Manchester United all, the, all these great things they can't go anymore because because of um, because they don't spend enough money so that that was where it stemmed from I'm, the, the reason, like as Seb said, was that we flipped it on its head, was because it, it's um, it's it's harder to be positive, but you, you get a lot further, I think. So if you start talking about the positive things and you start with a bit of positive action and um, celebrating the things that you can still love about football, then you, you cut through to a lot more people. You just We came across as, like, mm-hmm. as lads in anorak who were moaning about what it used to be like. It was all a bit... Um, yeah, it was a bit negative. Um, stand isn't like that anymore. It's it's still going. It's it is a little bit more positive, and um, it's still a great fanzine. But me and Seb had just kind of decided that we wanted to take it in a different direction and a more positive direction. So, so Mundial the magazine came very definitely from the world of fanzines. Then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. definitely. Yeah, that said, I mean, I I not only edited my own fanzine for seven, eight years. You know, sold it, did the, did the whole thing to that side, freezing cold grounds and selling it and put it together, but. I worked sports pages uh, after I left uni because I lived in Manchester and I mean used to go there when I was a student anyway and buy all manner of fanzines and okay it might have been considered post the the fanzine era that everyone talks about but they were still vitally important um, and that's where we've come from and I still read I've still subscribed to all manner of fanzines and in actual fact recently we got there was an article in United We Stand which is one of the best and most long running fanzines that completely out of the blue I've subscribed for years I know the guys there really well but just opened it up and there was a review of issue 10 and it was it was genuinely like almost goosebump I mean yeah goosebump moment of going oh, you know someone that I've read and followed and, and appreciate and understand what they've had to do to say such amazing things and they did say some great things about Mundial that was a that was a great thing but yeah the fanzine fanzine movement and the people that write for us they've yeah. all written for fanzines and it's a good source of Con- con- uh, content and contacts because there's still some great fanzines going you know yeah. so it's not over by any stretch of the imagination and again fanzines all about keeping the, the print alive and one thing with Mundial that we've done very clearly from the office the print magazine is is the, the be all and end all we will do other things and social media is a massive part of that And we, but we haven't as yet done a digital version we don't plan to of course things may change at some point but we're very much print you know that physical having that physical thing whether it be on a match day or whether it be on during the week you know you, it, 
it, we're, we're timing, chiming into that as well. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, Dan, you, you coined a, a phrase. That I think <laughs> accidentally coined a phrase yeah. during your talk at that event where you talked about what you're doing as like fancy zines. Yeah. So, so kind of coming <laughs> out of the fanzine world, but doing something a bit different. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think I think growing up and interacting with football as as we did, the only the only that was the only way I of people I knew or from a similar background for me. That was the only place they could write. Occasionally, you get someone who went on to be a journalist or a filmmaker or a poet, but mainly they were doing it in fanzines, um, and that's where you saw kind of your mates being able to be a writer. And it wasn't they weren't embarrassed or they were you know they were writing about things that they loved. Um, from um, obviously the end was Liverpool's Liverpool's big fanzine to kind of boss mag, who were a set of like friends of friends of mine who who carried that spirit on. As Seb said, United we stand when skies are grey. All these kind of it was mainly Northwest for me, obviously, but they were um, they were producing stuff and doing and, and and feeling comfortable writing about football, which which was just unheard of. You know, you you didn't write you, like you, that's not something people chose to do. Um, right up to kind of James Brown, who myself and Owen and Sam, who work on Monday, I've worked for. He started in fanzines, so it is a huge influence. Um, and fancy <laughs> fancy zine, um, yeah, I suppose we are. We still we, we still consider ourselves to kind of have fanzine roots and some of the designs still a little bit fanzine-y um, certainly some of the content is because that's they're the things that we love reading and that's how we learn to to write so yeah. that, that's never going to go away um, it looks a little bit better it feels a little bit better there's no staples in it and it's not it's not photocopied and stuff like that which is uh, yeah it's obviously a, 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 we've done that on purpose because we we want it to feel a little more premium but, and I guess you've done what technology has allowed as well. Yeah. I mean, the you know the reality is that for people making fanzines ten yeah. years ago, they just didn't have the Adobe Creative yeah. Cloud that mm-hmm. would well, let them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my, the Herbal Fanzine I did, I used to do it on the computers at uni, uh, and it was all pretty much word art. And I would print out, you know, rather than doing it on publisher, which was still quite new at that time maybe not new or maybe I just didn't know how to use it but <laughs> probably more like it uh, but yeah I, 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 I used to cut it out and almost glue, glue it and then photocopy it and then send some bloke to basically essentially photocopy it again so uh, yeah absolutely and it, it gives it gives it gives us so much room to work with and we've worked with you know we've worked with different designers and different illustrators and it also gives us a chance to make it more premium and add, add little touches actually the first thing that we did with the first issue because it was 2014, the World Cup, we limited it to 2014 copies. Never for once, one second thinking we were going to sell out, but we did. Yeah, fortunately we did. But each copy was individually numbered and it had a one, so one of 2014, but also, so then we also had a list of 2014 players. So each one has is, has a different player on it, you know, from the from right from the, the Cruyffs and the Maradonas to the John Aldridges and, you know, all players that have played in World Cup. So, you know, Unfortunately, we haven't been able to carry that on. It would have been a lovely thing to do. We have, but there, you know, whilst yeah, technology is there, obviously commercial, not commercial. That's because we've never been commercially driven. I, I, I would say, and it's probably it been, was a pain in the arse. Yeah, it was, it was. It was a really nice touch for our readers, but yeah. it, was, it was absolutely impossible to <laughs> yeah. continue. Like, yeah. we, we can't, and once you start to get into kind of t- ten thousands and stuff yeah. like that, you, you're going to run out of footballers who people care about. I think is yeah is another point. Um, but yeah, all those touches, all those things that we do. We just try and, if you're going to spend £7 on a magazine, 
uh, you want it to be good. That you you want it to be uh, feel special and you want it to feel like an event. Um, as far as as far as we're concerned, anyway, there are there are more expensive, there are cheaper magazines, but we feel like we fit kind of an, a nice a nice spot where you get what you pay for with us. And so these days, of course, you find yourselves part of whether you like it or not an independent magazine publishing mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. Like, where do you consider yourselves within that? Do you look around, and I mentioned like all the other football magazines mm-hmm. earlier, do you look to other mags and see kinship? Do you see competition? Do you, like, well, how do you feel about all this? Um, there's definitely, there's definitely a, a kinship. There's definitely, if there's, you know, there's definitely respect if someone's getting out of, rather than kind of making something work on their own terms, of ultimate respect, whether you're producing music or magazines or film or whatever, that's, that's amazing, but yeah, like we want to we want to sell more than them, and we want to be better than them, absolutely. Um, because if I think if you're not striving to be the best, then like you may, you may as well not bother. I, it it's all very friendly as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Now you might have to ask everyone else, but I, <laughs> I, 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 I yeah, I've I've not fallen out with any magazines, but we want to be we want to be the best kind of football magazine that's on the shelves. Um, we're, we're quite new, we're quite um, niche by in our nature. You know what I mean? There's it's it's not a, it's not a mass market product, but in terms of how independent ones go, yeah, we want to be the best. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in terms of how you've seen football change, then so the you know in the four years since the last World Cup, almost four years since mm-hmm. last World Cup, have you seen your acceptance growing within the industry? Do you find that brands are now happier working with you than maybe they were at the start? I think well. To be br- yeah, to be, be honest, brands have been fairly happy to be working with us from the start. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and that's why we're still here, to be honest, because you know it was supposed to be one off. Then we spoke to some brands, and I think they appreciate that there's a little bit there's a there's authenticity on it. We all go to games. We all you know we all watch games. We all read about football, and there's you know that might not be the case with everyone that's involved in in, in football media. Um, so there's authenticity about it. There's also humour about it. And I think that. That's something that we, yeah, we are we we are different from other people. Whether that's better or worse is up for people to decide, and the people that buy the magazine decide. But uh, has it and it's it's changed. I think I think it's changed because I think people as well. It was one of the main reasons we started Monday Hour was yes, we we're not. There's all the, there's all the room in the world from uh, tactics blogs or you know uh, heat maps or anything like that. There's there there is a place in football for that, and that's fine. That's not for us. But I do do think that there's more and more people, perhaps veering away from that now, and uh, not just not just come straight to us, but to go to other other sources and and it, you know, clickbait journalism as as we know, you know that's that was again that's uh, Monday I was set up almost as a as a, a response to, to try and try and better that 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 you know that's that's probably more re- you know more relevant than ever. There's 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 more more blogs, more websites, more chasing clicks and things like that. So. It has changed, but I do think there's definitely a, gen- a general sea change. I think even reading the fanzines that I read still, and the ma- even the magazines I read, you know, four four two has has changed in 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 the last three four years. I think you know, so in terms of style and terms of content, I think people are moving towards that. And again, we're sat in the Copper Ninety office. They've helped drive that. You know, the fan the fan side of things, the culture side of things. I think though. It's important to recognise that they do that. Whether they they do it in a different field, but they're moving they're moving things along a lot more. So. I think I think in um, in football and in sports and kind of anything in that field, for a long time brands were kind of dictating the story. I think I said if yeah, I said this when we were in the book club the other week, they were dictating what we spoke about and they were dictating how much time you got with footballers and what they were allowed to say and 
um, what everyone was meant to think about certain footballers, which is still true to an extent. There's going to be that. They're big, powerful brands and they've got a lot of money. But I think it's starting to change. I think magazines and editorial are starting to get a little bit of power back. I think people people who are creating content, as you see with kind of the rise of the YouTuber, um, their kind of as, their status is almost as big as the the talent on the pitch. So, and I think that's only a positive thing. That when I grew up reading magazines, it, they kind of informed what was cool, not the brands. They decided if a brand was good, if it wasn't. Kind of editorial did that. Um, imagery within loaded and all those other great magazines Esquire in the 90s um, they can pick what's cool and then brands followed suit and that swapped I think in the last 10 years or so and brands kind of went well we've got a load of money so you'll do as you're told hopefully that's going to change um, as, and, and as the circulations of those magazines fell at the same time yeah. so you yeah. so you, you've got them crossing over mm-hmm. in an inflection point yeah you've now got how many issues until the next World Cup so we've got, we've just done issue, you've just done issue 11, issue 12's out in December, issue 13's out in March, and issue 14's out two weeks before the World Cup. All right, so I so, imagine that a good part of your time is already spent looking at what you're doing three issues. Yeah, out. I mean, even more even more so than ever, because we have to be so different, because there's going to be, so, there's so much out there, it's a World Cup, quite rightly, and there is, you know, we have to be so different from all the, not, you know, the people that are already in football media that are doing things, they're going to be brands and people moving into that circle. So we have to be different. Again, that's where our tone of voice will hopefully take us, you know, keep us going because that's what we think makes us different and hopefully people can see we're different. But even more so, yeah. I mean, maybe some, the magazine, obviously we're already thinking about how we can stand out a bit more, you know, and again, technology allows us to do that, different covers. We have three covers for every, every issue now. We have an illustrated limited edition cover. And we have a we always have a subscriber cover with no cover lines on, and then obviously the newsstand. So there's loads of things that we're already already thinking about, but also not just the magazine, but everything else that we have to do with brands that we're working with. You know, the, the World Cup conversations have long started, and, and yeah, it's 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 going to be it's going to be busy right up to that, but it's also going to be great because again, there's a lot of neg- there's some negativity around the World Cup in Russia, given what happened and shall we say off the pitch, you know, and. Which hopefully you know, but when the World Cup comes around, the World Cup is a World Cup, you know. And again, in England will be still, we'll still be supporting England, you know. And so, will you be over there? The, I imagine. So. Uh, <laughs> we've, I mean, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing been um, signed and sealed yet. But yeah, we, we'd like to be there. We were, we spent a lot of time in France last summer, which was great for the Euros. Um, and I, and obviously, everyone goes insane for the World Cup. It's going to be ten times bigger than the Euros. Um, to touch on what Seb was saying, yeah, it's we, we have to up our game. Football's never been more in the spotlight, regardless of World Cup. It's never been cooler. There's there's brands who've got absolutely nothing to do with it, wanting to get involved. There's there's fashion brands. There's kind of drinks brands. There's everything. They all want a piece of football because it's it's um, yeah, it's it's at its peak in terms of hype. Um, so if we don't capitalise on that, then we're in real trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we won't be at the next one. We might be at the next year. Yeah, might be our last. Yeah, yeah. If we, if we don't capitalise on football being more popular than it ever has been, then yeah. we probably shouldn't be in the business of the yeah, football yeah. magazine. Yeah. Excellent. Well, look, good luck with all that, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with it. Thanks, Brilliant. Man. Cheers. Cheers for your support. Thank you. All right, that's all for this week. 
I love that attitude of constantly pushing forward and trying new things. And I'm sure the World Cup next year is going to be a brilliant springboard for Mundial. I'd like to say thanks to Dan and Seb for taking the time to talk. And thanks again to Park Communications for sponsoring this episode. Once again, if you need to print a magazine to high standards at a good price, you should check them out at parkcom.co.uk. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. If you'd like to hear more conversations with independent magazine makers, you can find all our previous episodes by going to SoundCloud or iTunes and searching for Stack Magazines. And of course, if you follow us while you're there, we'll be able to send next week's episode straight to you as soon as it's ready. Thanks for listening and we'll be back again next week. Thank <laughs> you.